Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 156 of the All Dolphins podcast on this Saturday, November 9th, 2023. Charlie Anderson. No, you know what I'm going to do today, actually, because the first time I made a mistake, I actually mentioned John Offerdahl while also throwing in Steve Toll, who's the team record holder for tackles in a season with like 216 or something, ridiculous number like that. Yes, sir. Look, you look it up. Uh, in 1976, when the Dolphins were six and eight. So instead, I think today we should commemorate the five-year anniversary of, you know, what happened on November, on December 9th? Miami Miracle. Miami Miracle. Um, I, I would imagine you were in the press box like I was that day, frantically rewriting everything after, after that happened. Because I had I was filing a game story on deadline, and it was for Dolphins.com. So it was like the Dolphins put up a valiant effort but came up just short against the New England Patriots. Whoops, okay, the dog went and then had to rewrite yeah. it. But what a, what a those are one of the those are one of the magical days of um press box newspaper writing um on deadline oh my god i can't even believe that if you think your your job is stressful um and i know people we aren't saving lives or anything like that um no lives are in the balance no bullets are getting shot at us but try writing like a night game with a deadline maybe you've got five minutes after the game is over uh, if not that, because most time you got to file at the whistle. Yeah, I hit that button. Uh, in that case, it was impossible to do it to, to do it like right at the whistle, but it was like very close to it. Um, and the sad truth is, it's like as the play's going on, you 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 understand the enormity of the play that you're watching, and it's like, oh crap, am I really going to have to rewrite what I just wrote? Oh man, this is awesome, but oh crap, I have to rewrite. Um, but it was. Yeah. Pretty- and they replay the call all the time, and Ian Eagle is just—it's beautiful. And then I love it when he goes, "Oh, look out!" After Drake makes a final move around the last defender before he gets to Gronk, and you know Gronk doesn't have the angle. So, uh, and I do want to mention, however, that on this fifth-year anniversary, to mark the occasion, on AllDolphins.com right now, you will see a countdown of the top ten greatest plays in Miami Dolphins history, compiled by moi who actually literally saw live nine of the 10 plays uh, included in the list. One I've seen, I've seen the clips and I know the, the, the significance of it. So it's not some list that I just, Oh, look, this looks good. Uh, some thought was put into it. So if Omar could just put the alldolphins.com tag at the bottom here, I highly encourage everyone to check it out. You know where you can find us alldolphins.com, no subscription, all free. Um, yeah. So no player for 56. All right. Well, it, Kevin Kevin Burnett was going to be the one I, I could mention, and you could share your stories of the great French. Oh, no, we did that the last time we did a 56. We, then, we, we, then we talked about John Offerdahl. We talked about, uh, Char, uh, sorry, Kevin Burnett and then Steve Toll. We just too many players. it's Mr. Before. Kevin Burnett, sir. Oh, sorry. Sorry, yes, sir. So let's, okay, let's track it back to December 9th, 2023. The big news of the day which came as, as a bit of a surprise considering how late in the week it is, is Jerome Baker being placed on injured reserve, but there's a logical sequence of events behind the scenes that led up to that. Uh, would you like to tell the people what that logical sure, sequence I will go ahead. I, will, I would love to tell the people what happened there. Good. So the first bit of news on Saturday was a Dolphin signing Calvin Munson off the New England practice squad. And if you remember the name, you should because it's the third time the Dolphins have signed him. And this, get this, this is awesome. It's the third time the Dolphins have signed him. Every time away from New England, off the practice squad, off waivers, off the practice squad, and all three times in December. 
So you figure, okay, well, Munson's going to be signed more than anything else to replace the special team snaps that used to go to Duke Riley now that he has to start for Jerome Baker. Okay. And then we're like wondering, okay, so now who's going to wind up on IR? I'm throwing out my two obligatories, much to Omar's chagrin or, or displeasure of either Eli Apple or Robbie Chosen. But no, it winds up being Jerome Baker being placed on IR as Mike McDaniel indicates to us. And then when the moves become official, we get note that Alexander Johnson, the one veteran inside linebacker on the practice squad, is going on practice squad injured reserve. And it's not difficult to connect the dots and realize that Alec Johnson was going to be elevated for the practice squad probably for the next three weeks while Baker recovered. Now that's out of the equation. And none of those four inside linebackers the Dolphins worked out Wednesday wild them enough to convince them not to just go off the New England I, I don't. I don't think it's just that. I think also you got a Calvin Munson, strong core special teams player, Knows the scheme, knows not the def, not the defensive scheme, knows the special team scheme. Um, a player that's very trustworthy, that they trust him on special teams. Um, and I expected Alexander Johnson to be not only active, but maybe entering a playing role. A lot of people have a very high opinion of him. Um, you know, I won't even get into all, all the other things because I'm sure he'd, he'd like he'd like his life to be that to be in the past of his life and not to be brought up or attached to him all the time. Um, but he supposedly got a, a lot of talent. And unfortunately, it seems as if he got injured at practice. We don't know the nature of the injury, um, but injured enough to be placed on IR. Um, and it looks like more than likely he won't be contributing to this team. Um, I'm sure they'd ha- they they have the possibility of waving him off IR, but then they'd have to give him an injury settlement that covers his recovery, and then uh, depending on that, the timeline, he'd have to wait a certain period to to re- resign. So you've only got five weeks in the regular season. Maybe the rules change. I gotta look these up, but maybe the rules yeah. change in the playoffs. Um, where it's also practice squad IR. I'm I, they're not the same rules as regular IR, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I'm a little fuzzy on what they are, but I don't believe it's yeah, I could I got, be wrong. I'd have to do a little digging on practice squad IR as well, um, in terms of how that works. But, um, he was going to be an important piece now. What you know, what this does mean, you know, what this does mean, Poupard Channing Tindall is the last man on the line available in the inside linebacker room. He's already a core special teamer, but he is going to have to step up if something happens to David Long or Duke Riley, who both are on the smallest side for inside linebackers. And that all, that means at some point within the next five games, unless those guys play perfectly healthy or every snap on defense – Channing Tindall's well, going to have to play. Hold on. Can I stop you there for a second? Okay. Do me. Because okay, I'm on board with you for Monday night because there's no way Munson can learn the defense mm-hmm. that quickly to be able okay. to continue on defense. You're going to tell me next week or or against Dallas on, on Christmas Eve if something happens to either Long or, or Duke that it's going to be Channing Tindall and not Calvin Munson who's going to be in the game? Are we sure about that? Hold on. Was Munson here for training camp? This year, no. 
Okay, so he hasn't played for Vic Fangio, who you know has trust issues. So you're just going to say... I'm sorry, what? You're just going to say that he's going to trust a stranger who hasn't been here over Channing Tindall, who we could argue has been a lackluster draft pick. I, I don't know what we were expecting from a fourth-round pick. I really don't know. Uh, th- Third-round pick? Yep. We were expecting a no, contributor. More, more, than, more than what we've gotten. I, I actually think Kevin Munson by – by the Jets game, possibly by the Dallas game, most most definitely will know the defense well enough that I think he'd get first crack at playing inside linebacker before Channing Tindall. Mm. Well, we shall see. Um, don't forget, this is also a Chris Greer draft pick, and Chris Greer doesn't have say on personnel decisions, especially on that defense, um, but he's going to want his draft picks to either – Show you that he can play or show you that he can't. Now, Cal, um, Channing Tindall has athletic ability. Um, probably a quick first step, but reacts slow based on what we've seen. And the question is, can he fire faster? Can he trigger faster? I'm I'm, a, I'm still of the opinion and I, I, hey, just means more snaps for Andrew Van Ginkle, an inside linebacker at this point. And that means JPP and Ogba will have to step up as edge guys. Okay, I'm not sure because uh, I, I don't I don't recall seeing AVG at all at inside linebacker against Washington. Um, I think he played for day. I think he. I can't say for sure. I think he played some inside spots. Okay. I think he played. I think he played some some sub packages as inside linebacker, especially when Ogba was on the field and. I don't even think JPP played when when the real prominent players were playing. Yeah. Um, this is where yeah I, I did rewatch the game. I wasn't focusing on AVG where he lined up, but from from my recollection, I don't recall seeing him lined up. The right. other now, the other question with Baker is being going on IR means he's ineligible to come back until after until the regular season finale against Buffalo in Week 18. It also means that now he, four games, right? Yes. How many we Tennessee, got left? Tennessee, Jets, Dallas, Baltimore. Okay. Not after, but before. Yeah, he can come back for the Buffalo game. Isn't that what I just said? Anyway, I thought okay. you said after. Um, so, but what, what this does, it this is eliminates either Jerome Baker or Isaiah Wynn for 2023. Well, well you, I, you, I, I say this to people. Do you really believe you must believe in Santa Claus? If I don't, be- I don't. And sh- my kids are around that they no, no, I'm just I'm just joking. My kids have not believed in Santa Claus for a while. I apologize to any youngsters out there who if we spoil the beans here. No, I'm just I'm just saying that this cements it. And McDaniel was asked point like because it's very interesting that McDaniel, when he said when he when he revealed the news about Baker, he said he's gonna be put on short-term IR. Well, there's no, there is no such thing as short-term IR anymore in the NFL. It's just IR, and you can bring back eight guys. So him, like with the Freudian slip of saying short-term IR, basically suggests he's coming back. Yeah, I, I, I don't believe in Santa Claus, and I don't believe Isaiah Wynn was coming back ever. Oh, I don't, I don't either. But... <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why we're playing this game. Yeah, never been officially closed. McDaniel's never said he's not coming back. Um, 
Okay. It's just why it would help us in the media and the fans as well if they had a list, an IR list could possibly return, and then you do your eight designations off of that, and an IR list done for the year. That would be awesome. Like Savan Ahmed would have gone on that list. Jalen Phillips would have gone on that list. Um, and then we wouldn't have to, to this speculation. And guess what? Nobody, if, if Isaiah Wynn was put on that list, nobody would be asking Mike McDaniel about Isaiah Wynn. Listen, wow. I got you to write a story about Isaiah Wynn potentially coming back. So Because I McDaniel didn't close the door. So it's, it, it served his purpose. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I roll with the punches. I literally, I play by the rules that they said, just like McDaniel. I literally asked McDaniel today, prefaced it by saying that I understand that the overriding notion is you're going to play the schedule the NFL gives you his thoughts on Monday night football. Because if I don't preface it like that, 99.9% of coaches are going to say, we have no control over it. We're going to play the schedule we're going to play. So I prefaced it and he made a very good point. Very cool that he understands the responsibility. And if you're a good team, you're going to be asked to play Monday night football. It's good for the league. It makes money. Therefore it's good for the players because there's more, more money to share. And it's a compliment that your team is being selected for those games because it means you you have a product that people want to watch. So, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply was a good answer there. Uh, uh, hold on. So you're telling me, the ten? yeah, I guess Tennessee, when they made the schedule, I guess people thought they would be a product that people would want to watch. Okay, that's fair. All right. And they, they do have their – and in addition to them having Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, remember that at the time, for those who like such things, it was Ryan Tannehill's return to Miami. I mean, that storyline has – I mean, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's chilled out a little bit, but yeah, um, it's Will Levis's team. Um, if you haven't seen the Behind Enemy Lines episode, check it out because Toronto Davenport was phenomenal in it and and broke down why he believes Will Levis will be a, a good NFL starter and explaining that there is no power struggle within the Tennessee Titans hierarchy, um, even though they've been together for a year. Uh, we'll see whether or not he's accurate or or, or inaccurate uh, based on what they do at the end of the season. Um, I I am of the opinion. Just to, to double up on that, because we're very thorough at All Dolphins, I also reached out to Tom Brew, the publisher of All Titans, for, for our weekly opponent breakdown where I got into more detail about other stuff involving the Titans and the matchup. Throw it back to you. All right. Um, to me, this this game is going to be. I always stress about all the matchups, all 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 the games, and I always feel uncomfortable about the line. The line is what thirteen and a half now. Um, I don't think, it, especially with Jeffrey Simmons not playing, who is probably, and I would argue to you, the third best defensive lineman in the NFL. I'm sure Christian Wilkins would like to argue with you on that. Argue with me on that. Um, I think it's going to be a blowout. And I hate to say that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. yeah, yeah. Omar, everybody can get God. There's no such thing as a bad, bad opponent. Wow. 
Welcome, Omar. Welcome. Where's my mint? Hold on. Listen, um, I'm not saying they're a bad opponent, and but I do think that this Dolphins team is beginning to hit on all cylinders and beginning to hit their stride at the right time. Um, I would love to see the offensive line get healthy. I'm of the opinion, and maybe you can fill in because you, you listen to Mike McDaniels, Teron Armstead, in or out, or he's going to decide. Yeah, he's questionable. There have been no setbacks. That's what McDaniel said. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning towards he might be. I'm actually more leaning towards he's playing than he's not. I am leaning towards he's active, but he's not playing. And I, I've explained my thought process earlier in 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 this week. Um, if you didn't know that, uh, and I'm not going to sit here and labor on Teron Armstead. No, please, no. Sorry. I've written a column on alldolphins.com, which you can find, where I basically said, and this is somebody thinking big picture, which Mike McDaniel and the coaching staff try not to do. But if you continue to have a 70% Teron Armstead on the field, um, you're leaving yourself vulnerable. At least rest him for the next two weeks, get him to 80%. And then you got a better chance in the postseason. Not the final three games, but you have a better chance in the postseason. But then again, you can put him out on the field at any point in the final five games, and he could suffer another fluke injury and be done, and you'll be riding Kendall Lamb. Um, but I would start Kendall Lamb, have Teron Armstead as a backup, but not play him in the game. And the only reason I'm, I'd be activating him is because he's got a, a $55,000 bonus for every game that he's activated and uh, I don't want the brother to lose his bread. So um, Robert Hunt, I'm certain is not playing. Correct. Oh, he already rolled out. All right. And uh, where are we with Javon Holland? Uh, we'll evaluate from what I could tell. He was in the portion of the of practice open to the media. He was doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Where I think I'd be inclined to think he might be, he might play as well. After practicing one day. He was limited yesterday. He did practice yesterday. I don't believe you. I don't believe the injury report. You don't have to believe me. It's fine. It's what the injury report says. Yeah, yeah. The injury report, we saw him actually wear pads and get dressed. But then when we were, we were watching the practice periods, he was inside working with a trainer while his team was outside. Um, technically going over what they were doing in game plan. Now, maybe that changed after we left. Correct. But I, the, the nature of these knees has me a little bit concerned and perplexed. Also, I'm just going to be transparent. This is the first time I've ever seen knees, plural, ever, ever on an injury report. So, you know. And last year was the first time I'd ever seen groins. groins plural, yeah. Plural. So, I mean, that's, so it's new every year. So I wonder what's going to be. Next year is going to be somebody's going to have hamstrings. They're going to have testicles. Oh yeah, no, right. I hope they have testicle, but not strained testicles or whatever. Oh, let's move on. Uh, outside of that, from an injury standpoint, why? Well, again, as I tweeted out, everybody was there except for for Robert Hunt and Jerome Baker headed to IR. Christian Wilkins was at practice. Uh, looked like no issue, and Mac McDaniel said before practice. He had no reason to think that that was a concern. So that's obviously reassuring and good to know. 
What about what about um, did he address uh, Devon Achan's ribs injury? Which we... he did not. Nobody asked. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to play. So I mean, it's he's going to play. Been full, so yes, he's playing. Okay, oh. and then when somebody whacks you in your ribs, you'll go, "Ouch, that hurt." Well, yeah, what happens? Dude, if it if if it's one of those situations where one hit to the ribs and he has to come out, then then he wouldn't. First of all, he wouldn't be listed. He wouldn't be a full participant in practice. I don't believe. Okay, uh, so I I mean, sore ribs are sore ribs, correct? But I, I mean, I don't think it's a broken rib because if it was a broken rib, you couldn't breathe the way you need to breathe. Correct. So. We we shall see. We shall, we shall see. see. Um, trying to remember, think of what else came up today. Uh, a whole lot of, of Jerome Baker, you know, stuff. And you wrote you wrote for all Dolphins. I'm about Duke Riley. Who and I'm not going to belabor belabor the point or go over everything I said yesterday. With all due respect to Jerome Baker, I don't think this is a significant drop off for the dolphins at the, at that position based on the impact that Baker has made on a regular basis. Okay. I like Duke. No, no. Okay. That works. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you'll see. Yep. And as we're taping this, we don't have the injury report. I'm going to guess it's going to be a whole lot of questionables for the dolphins. Hunt's going to be out. Obviously. Uh, I can't imagine there's anybody the only possibility I would see is maybe somebody will be doubtful. I'd, say, I'd be surprised. I think there's going to be a whole lot of questionable, as was the case against Washington last week, where most of the players on that list wanted to play. Uh, Chris Brooks activated or not? No. Uh, let me take that back. Yeah, special teams. Yeah, for special teams. I, yeah. yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I take it back. Sorry. So was, you're going to activate him and not give him his a premature, de- premature declaration on my part. Uh, I do think he gets activated, and I do think your 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 dude Robbie Chosen is going to get like you can't you cannot carry seven wide receivers. Uh, Carried him so far. No, correct. But if they elevate Brooks, they need a roster spot. And if you're looking as where to create that roster spot, the I where where else is there surplus? Defense DBs and Eli Apple. That's to me. It's it's got to be one of those two. All right, if you say so. Um, oh, 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 time out. First of all, okay. Do you think Chris Brooks is getting activated? No, I don't. Not oh. this week. I think they'll they'll ride it out to one more week. I think it's incredibly difficult to find a roster spot for Chris Brooks. Now, if you need him in the running back room as a running back, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a possibility there, um, but. With Raheem, Devon, Jeff, I think they got enough. I think I think they got enough running backs. But I could be wrong. Okay. Um, well, I, I could be wrong too. Been been wrong before. Going to be wrong again. No, absolutely. Um, where where do you see the Dolphins performing against Derrick Henry stopping the run? How do you do? Do you see them locking him down, containing him? I know, I know you yeah, gave. Yeah, I, I, mean, I do. They had a blip. They had a blip against Washington last week, with which gained like 120 some yards. It was the worst. There was the worst they'd done 
uh, in run defense since the opener. There's a 21 yard, 29 yard run around the edge. Um, Derrick Henry's going to do most of his damage between the tackles, and they're they're, they're really really good there. So he still got he got power and speed though. Oh, I know, I agree. I agree, but it's not it is, the thing is it's not a good Tennessee offensive line. Tennessee's offensive line used to be among the best in the league, and it's gone downhill fast. I mean, it happens. I don't. It know. does. It, it that definitely had does happen with offensive lines. Yep. Um, you had the unicorns. Green Bay used to have uh, great offensive lines for many years in a row. By the way, you mentioned the unicorns and. I'm glad you did because somebody in the mailbag that I'm going to be putting up over the next three days ahead of the Monday night matchup, somebody made a unicorn, uh, posed Ref- a unicorn question. Okay. Yeah. And I referenced you in my answer. Oh, that's so but, sweet. Yeah, well, you, we can't say unicorn without Omar Kelly being brought up. I mean, that's your, that was you who gave him that name. So. Um, You know what I find interesting? Um, Tariq Hill has played three games against the Tennessee Titans. Um, he's caught all of three passes in those three games. Total. Tariq for 89. Huh? Total. Total. Yes. Three games, three passes, 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's carries (laughs) 17 reception. See, that's damn three carries for 89 yards. Okay, and how many catches? 17 receptions for 206 with a touchdown. Not a huge yardage. He he might match that yardage just Monday night itself. I mean, would you put it, would you, would you rule it as crazy? No, not at all. I would not rule it as crazy. Especially since one of their starting corners, Christian Fulton, is dealing with a hamstring injury. And I don't really practice the first two days. So you make a very valid point well played to part no and, and and i'm and i'm with you on when you talked about the matchup overall it's like um you know tennessee's not it's not a horrible team but they're not a deep team uh and you're missing your best defensive player i mean that's it, it, again tennessee losing jeffrey simmons is a lot different than the dolphins losing jalen phillips because the dolphins have five or six other studs on defense the Titans start. Titans started the season. I would say I would make the argument they had two absolute studs on defense, and guess what? They're both gone because they take they traded Kevin Byard, the safety, to the Eagles. Guys, that guy's a hell of a player. And Jeffrey Jeffrey Simmons, I'm with you. He's a top three defensive tackle in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got no, mind you, they got a couple of good good defensive players. Danico Autry is a good defensive lineman. Harold Land, Landry has some pass rushing ability, but. And uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, the former Tampa Bay corner, is, is a solid player, but they don't have the depth. And this is where – and to me, this is more of a statement of the Dolphins being elite, the- or border, el- elite or borderline elite that we're looking at this point spread as like – yeah, yeah. easily more so than Tennessee's. Tennessee's a horrible team. And this is why when I keep talking about the Dolphins beating inferior opponents – I am actually paying a compliment to the fact that the Dolphins are at a point right now where their firepower and their depth is such that they're more immune the to fuck. upset to upsets than maybe some other teams that maybe in in other matchups are just as good. If that makes any sense. 
It does. I, I do think it's a byproduct of them being extremely well coached, but I, I, I get exactly where you're saying. Um, uh, I don't think there's anything, you know, that Tennessee does well. In fact, I'm looking at their statistical rankings. They're 17th in total defense, but everything else, they're bottom 20. Um, rushing rushing offense is 17th. Um, it's like, it's so funny. It's hilarious. I'm looking at the comparisons of both teams. Miami's ranked one, two, three, eight, six, nine, eight. Um, you know, they're 21st on scoring defense, third, ninth. And then you look at Tennessee Titans rankings at, at, at every particular category that you, that you want to factor in, whether it be total yard, passing yards, sacks allowed, third downs, total yards, defense, whatever you want. The ranking is 27, 27, 17, 25, 28, 30, 22nd, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, 30th in takeaway. It's, it's truly laughable. And there's a reason they're four and eight, the Dolphins are nine and three. So, um, no, again, it's one of those where, you know, Dolphins are going to take care of their business because that's what they do. And, for everyone out there, it's not going to end the narrative of the Dolphins have only beaten bad teams. They can't beat the – no, sorry. The narrative is not they can't beat bad teams. And it's not even a narrative. It's a fact that they have not beaten a team with a winning record. And that's not going to change this week. There's nothing they can do about it this week. Oh, they can run Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins can have a, a wild game and and tear up Miami's secondary. But, you know, do I expect it? Nah, not really. Um, no, no, but my point is no matter what the Dolphins do – the, the narrative or the talk that annoys so many Dolphin fans, unfortunately, will not disappear until Christmas Eve against Dallas. And there, there's nothing that can be done about that. They can't beat Dallas this week. You play the team that's on your schedule. That's correct. Yeah. And and I last I checked, when the Dolphins' schedule came out back in June or July or whenever it came out, Everybody was belly aching and crying about how hard it was and how many t- playoff caliber teams are on it. Oh my God, murderers row. Oh, how are we going to start the season? How are we going to finish the season? Oh, can we endure? Well, here we are. And all anybody could ever talk about is how weak the schedule is. You know, is, that what anybody, is that what everybody talks about? Or is that what some fans who are, who are looking for their team to get more respect beyond being the number one seed in the AFC currently, you know, and, and being number one in a whole bunch of different offensive categories. I mean, yeah. that, that should be enough respect. Um, but it, again, it, it's not an opinion or, or a narrative that they have not beaten a team that currently has a winning record. That's just, that's the way it is. Uh, but it doesn't, it, the bottom line is it doesn't matter because they're nine and three. This ain't, the same college football where they're going to be kept out of the playoffs. Yeah, man. Because Jordan Travis, they're going to get five points. BCS rankings. Yeah. Wonder if, how football would be if it went to a ranking system. Anyway, let's. Oh, that's another discussion for another day. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything else to add on this wonderful Saturday. Go enjoy your Saturday. I know there's not college football out there, but enjoy your Saturday. I just came back from the zoo. Um, wonderful time with my daughter. Um, so hopefully you are enjoying your Saturday. We will see you back. Did we say we we're doing podcast tomorrow? I think we decided that it would make more sense to do it sometime during the day on Monday before your pregame radio obligations. Absolutely. So we're going to take a day off. Woo! <gasps> Shocker. 
All right. Unless there's news that breaks, then we'll be back. Um, we will see you on Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. Check out Behind Enemy Lines and all the podcasts from this week. Like, subscribe, share, rate us, tell a friend. We love you. Appreciate it. No, I need to hold on, hold on. No, no, I need, I need to interject something because you talk about tomorrow, for example, if, there, if there's news. Here's here's the thing. Uh, because it's a Monday night game, the practice squad elevation and whatever roster move they might make do not take place until Monday at 4 p.m. So normally those get the deadline for those is Saturday at 4 p.m. This week it's a Monday night game. They don't have to do anything until Monday at 4 p.m. So all right. On that note, thanks everyone.